You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of jaysfromthecouch.com, with the first of a planned three episodes for you today. We've been off the past couple days. Um, for those of you who see my Twitter, you know there's been some personal things going on in my life, and I'm hoping we are past them so I can continue to talk to y'all about the Blue Jays, which admittedly this episode is going to be a little more difficult than hopefully the other ones today. Second one today, we're going to talk about the Kansas City series, and that was just fun. That was just a joy to watch for a lot of Blue Jays fans. I think that Kansas City series offered some hope, so we will discuss that later today. In addition, the third episode is going to be dedicated to the Baltimore series and just what's happening with that. And there are plans to do a Fan Friday episode. I'm leaving later that day on Friday to go home. Well, not my home. Um, my partner's home off the uh, off the shores of Nova Scotia. So going there for the weekend should be back on Monday, likely be a later episode, but that's, that's nothing new for the course lately. So just to keep y'all updated on the schedule, but today in this first episode, we are going to talk about the Blue Jays performance at the trade deadline and Oh boy, isn't there so much to talk about. I'm I'm going to do my best to get through this as calmly and as rationally as I can. And hopefully things don't get too off the rails. I'm not anticipating it, at least for the first part, but hey. We shall see, right? I mean, yesterday was a day for, don't want to call it outrage, but the only reason I don't want to do that is because that's probably not a strong enough word. Anyway, that that's later. Um, so we're just going to go through everything the Blue Jays have done and kind of give them a grade. And, well, let's start with the easy one. Um... We'll talk about the ones we already talked about on the on the program first, just quickly. Eric Sogard to the Rays for two players to be named later. That's that's like a solid B anyway, because you actually got something for a minor league deal, which is very impressive. So Sogard trade, good. I like Sogard, but he's better better off in Tampa Bay. The Stroman deal, which as we talked about on this podcast on Sunday night when it happened. We kind of worked our ways through it and kind of, you know, talked ourselves into being all right. This is this is fine. This is good. 
it's changed a little bit in hindsight, just looking at what other pitchers were able to get. A Trevor Bauer was able to, to net three pieces that have appeared in the major leagues for Cleveland. Um, Zach Greinke got four prospects. Now, that is a product of control for Greinke and just, you know, pedigree, I guess. Marcus Stroman just made his first all-star team this year. And there had been concerns in the past whether or not he'd be a starter. It's it's clear he's a starter, but other people didn't see it that way. So it was a way to kind of explain how that trade worked. But then you get news like the Athletic puts out today that Minnesota's ticked off that they didn't get a chance to beat the Mets offer. And it's like, how... Were you, were you just trying to rush through this? And and we're going to come back to that thought. Were the Blue Jays trying to rush through this trade deadline? Because I think that's something we really need to discuss. Because there there is a lot of evidence that they did not play this well. And we will talk about it. Anyway, so that was one thing that didn't look great. The other thing, Anthony Kay made his debut for Buffalo. And it wasn't great. He lasted four and two-thirds innings. He gave up nine hits and seven runs, but only three of those runs were earned. Like, the defense behind Anthony on that night was not good. There's no there's no way around that one. It, it just was not great. And, again, this is his first stint in AAA, he made his first AAA start in the middle of June. So he's had about six weeks to adjust to AAA. And it's a big jump to go from AA to AAA. So I'm not faulting Anthony for that. I can fault the three walks against three strikeouts because that's not great. Especially facing a Philadelphia side that's not, you know, stellar. Um... But no, I you you see that kind of lineup that the that the Blue Jays put out with Patrick Kivlahan at third base. He's not a third baseman. He's a DH. They had Andy Burns DHing that night, and that didn't make any sense. Andy Burns would have made some of those plays at third base that Kivlahan just butchered. So I don't really fault Kay for what happened last night. Do I want to see better from him? Abso-freaking-lutely. But I'm I'm not going to crucify him for that start last night. Especially first start, new organization. I don't blame him for anything there. So, whatever. We have to live with the Stroman trade now. So, the next day, Blue Jays sent David Phelps packing to Chicago for Thomas Hatch. Hatch was 4-10 and ten with Tennessee this season and was previously thought of as a decent prospect for the Cubs, but just has taken a step back uh, this season. He was their top pick in 2016. And... Again, you look you look at what he's done this season. It's not great. The the hit count is up. His whip is up slightly, but that is based on his hits because uh, 
that Tennessee team is not great. It is dead last in their division in the Sovereign League. So you can't really judge based on what he's getting from his teammates. Now, his walks are way down. That's what people want to see. The control is starting to get there for Hatch. And again, I think that's primarily what the Blue Jays saw in him. He He's someone who could theoretically be in that starting mix, but is more likely going to be a middle reliever. Which, I mean, the Blue Jays, again, have acquired so many pitchers that they can throw all of them at the wall, see which five end up sticking as starters and just move the rest wherever the heck they want. So, again, I'm all right with that one, especially since David Phelps was coming off Tommy John and you did not know what you were going to get out of David Phelps. So... It's it's like the Sung Juan O deal from last year. They were able to get something for him, someone who could tangibly be involved in the future. So I I had no problems with that deal. That was a a solid B minus. Stroman deal, I think we can bump back down to like a C a C minus just because of extenuating circumstances. Anyway. So trade deadline day. We'll we'll start with the with the lesser one. David um Daniel Hudson pretty much everyone knew he was going to be moved. He signed that deal essentially to be moved. So the Blue Jays finally did it and of course he went to the Nationals because the Nationals need bullpen arms like California needs rain. So that was an easy one to do. The return for Daniel Hudson, again, this is standard Toronto MO, sign those cheap bullpen arms and then flip them. They get Kyle Johnston, who's a 22-year-old pitching at high A Potomac in the Carolina League. So he'll be going to Dunedin. Uh, 9-9 record in 20 starts, a 4.03 ERA. Again, he's he's a pitcher who's shown better control this season. 100 strikeouts against 37 walks, which is a decrease from the 53 he had in less innings last season, which was split between single A and high A. So he's improved on that. He's actually not bad. I think he was 27th of the top 30 prospects for Washington. So again, that's not bad for a rental reliever. Um, Johnston likely projects to be a reliever as well at the major leagues, but he, again, has been, has been starting with success. So he's another guy who, again, you throw into that mix, see if he, he can, you know, stick it out long enough and continue progressing and and work like he did an interview uh in the off season uh with the national site at fansided where he's just working on getting those first pitch strikes and again that's exactly what he needs to do work on that he's been working on his change up so he has he has that kind of pitch mix that the blue jays are looking for so this totally made sense i actually give this one a b b plus deal 
getting that for Daniel Hudson. So good job, Blue Jays, on that one. After the break, we're going to talk about where things kind of fell apart. So, again, I promise to do my best to keep the G rating. We're we're not going to have much time to talk about this, so I'm going to do my best to make sure that we stay on the level for that. But uh, just to let y'all know that this episode is actually sponsored by our old friends at Blue Chew. That's blue like the color blue. It's the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's going to work for you. You can take it whenever you want, day, night, even on a full stomach. And since it's chewable, it works twice as fast as a normal pill, so you can be ready whenever you need to be. Um, It's prescribed online, so it goes straight to your door. This is a street package, so no in-person visit, no going to the pharmacy, no awkwardness whatsoever. They're made in the USA. They prepare and ship direct. It's cheaper than going to the pharmacy. And if you visit bluechew.com right now, you get your first shipment free. When you use special promo code MLB, just pay $5 in shipping. So again, that's blue as in blue jays, chew.com, promo code MLB to try for free. It's a better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So let's talk about this. The the final move that the Blue Jays made on trade deadline day involved them going back to their old friends in Houston. And it wasn't a surprise. Houston showed how active they were going out and getting Zach Greinke. Not enough pitching done, pitching acquired for their liking. So they start talking. And the Blue Jays have been fascinated with Derek Fisher for a long time, at least according to Ross Atkins in the post-deadline conference call that he did. So they get talking and Houston's like, we could use some relief help. Like, oh, okay, sure. Um, we just traded Daniel Hudson. Would you like Ken Giles? No, no, we had the Ken Giles experience. How about Joe B. Genie? All right, sure, Joe B. Genie. Um, would you like Aaron Sanchez too? Like, really? Um, sure. Yeah, um, we will take Aaron Sanchez. And then Houston kind of figuring out that Toronto may be in a giving mood. Hey, we need an outfielder to replace Derek Fisher in the minor leagues. Who you got? And they chose Cal Stevenson. And all three of them went to Houston in exchange for Derek Fisher. Now... As it was breaking that both Sanchez and Biagini went to Houston, speculation was rampant because, you know, there's still a high attachment to Sanchez for what he did in 2016. Yeah, he's fallen off, but showed signs of coming back. And 
you would have thought that maybe Sanchez alone would have gotten Fisher. But no, the Blue Jays like, yeah, all we need is Fisher. You can have all this stuff. Even this prospect who we really don't need to be throwing in. But we're going to. For a 26-year-old who's had three chances at the major league level and provided a combined 0.6 war in those three seasons with a 201 batting average, a 282 on base percentage, and a career OPS plus of 76. That trade was a joke. Plain and simple. Two years ago, the Blue Jays could have had Derek Fisher for the much more palatable price of Francisco Liriano. They are already taking money in that deal because they agreed to take Norioki's contract back. And they settled for Teoscar Hernandez, who was one below Derek Fisher. So... If they really wanted Derek Fisher and they really coveted Derek Fisher, the opportunity was there to get Derek Fisher. And and you wouldn't have had to worry about an outfield that seemingly has a plethora of fourth outfielders now fighting for starting spots. You would have had the opportunity to have him and then be able to maybe be patient on Aaron Sanchez and and see if the this newfound length that Sanchez developed was a permanent thing. Maybe he would have more value in the offseason. Maybe you wouldn't have had to throw in a reliever and a prospect to get a guy who has not been able to stick at the major league level and is greatly approaching the point where he's supposed to be in his prime. I don't care that he's not eligible to be a free agent until 2025. That is not what I'm looking for. You can brag about years of control all you want, but it doesn't matter if the player's not worth controlling. And they're gonna they're gonna play Derek Fisher. I don't know how, but they're going to find a way to play Derek Fisher because they have to. They have to try and justify trading three assets. For this one guy who you probably could have waited and picked up off waivers when they DFA'd him because he's not been productive. You want to look and say, oh, but he's fine at the at the AAA level. He's he's got a he's got a great on base at the AAA level. So did Socrates Brito. How did Socrates Brito do in Toronto? I think we all remember that experiment blowing up in people's faces. So tell me how it is justified to bring in another post-hype prospect for an exorbitant cost and tell me that's part of your plan for for whatever it is you seem to have planned. Because I don't know anymore. It When this initially came out, I'm like, this couldn't be it. This couldn't be all that the Blue Jays got. They couldn't have wasted these assets so quickly just to get a guy who is, again, a more expensive Socrates burrito. But that seems to have been the Blue Jays' MO. They did not care what they got for Aaron Sanchez 
for Marcus Stroman. They just knew they wanted them gone. They just knew they wanted them out. So they could start seeing which of their 20 starting pitchers would actually make an impact at the major league level. They just knew they wanted them out of the way. And they gravely mishandled their assets. And it's not new for this front office. Get, do we have to remind people of the Josh Donaldson situation? We're like, no, we can totally contend in 27. We don't need a Jack Flaherty. No, we need Josh Donaldson to go out there and play on an injured calf for three months and then only be worth a number 15 prospect. This front office has done a good job in drafting and building talent that way. But it has shown... No such acumen when making trades so far. There, there's one player that's regularly playing right now that they acquired in a trade, and that's Teoscar Hernandez. Sure, you can point to the starting pitchers they're throwing out there now. Thomas Pannone was acquired for Joe Smith. Uh, Jacob Wagspack was acquired for Aaron Loop. That was a marvelous bit of alchemy. I'll give them that, because... I haven't heard nearly the amount of venom for Jacob Wagspack that I did for Aaron Loop. But when it comes to their most valuable assets, or at least the perceived value of those assets, this front office has done a miserable job of getting comparable value back. And yes, we are, we are judging the Marcus Stroman trade three days into it. But it is really really hard like this is such a low bar now that Derek Fisher has to clear in order to make that trade more palatable to Blue Jays fans because it was done so poorly and so recklessly that I I don't I don't think they thought it through totally and again they're probably going to call Derek Fisher up at some point very soon probably sent Billy McKinney down because he hasn't justified that trade either. So I I I wish no ill to Derek Fisher. I hope he comes I hope he's a success. I hope he's Austin Meadows 2.0. But he has shown nothing to to make that a plausible reality so far. And he's going to have to do it in a hurry because this is his last option year. He, he has two months where they can actually send him back to Buffalo if he's struggling next year. Have to put him on waivers. And you do not want to risk taking Aaron Sanchez, Joe Biagini, and Cal Stevenson and turning them into nothing. Because that is, a, that is exactly how people get fired. And I know that the front office just signed that contract extension. They're safe for another year. Yeah, contracts aren't worth anything in sports. How many times have we seen that? And this is a Rogers company that t told Troy Tulowitzki to take a $40 million hike with two years left on his deal. Don't think it won't happen in that front office. They have pushed their chips in now. There is nothing left to trade. Justin Smoke is a free agent. Freddie Galvis has an option. Ken Giles has an option. Those are probably the only assets left that Toronto could get trade value for 
in any rebuilding sense. So they have to prove that they knew what they were doing and that this is going to work. Because otherwise, a lot of Toronto fans that finally got that taste of success in 2015 and 16 are going to continue to riot. So, you know, that's where we're at with this team. Uh, Second episode is going to be a lot more positive, I swear. So, if you want to send your thoughts in and, you know, give me some free ideas for the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews, because Twitter is dumb. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast on Himalaya, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. And follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Locked on Jays. And we will be back with a happier podcast. We we get to talk about Bo Bichette playing for Toronto. That's going to be fun. That's going to be enjoyable. We get to talk about the young pitching actually being good. That's going to be enjoyable. So look for me to be a lot happier in the second episode of today. So until then... For everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to the first of today's episodes. And y'all take care.